0: Welcome to Critical Cactus, where we talk about prickly subjects. Your memory for a feeling is actually pretty strong.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll get a whole bunch of enemies. Feelings always win.
0: Welcome back to Critical Cactus. I'm your host, Adam Yaks. Joining me today is my co-host, Adam Dominguez. Today is July 11th, 2017. Oh, Prime Day. Actually, July, Prime. 11, Prime. 2017, the entire thing, Prime. That's awesome. How's it going, D-Man? Not too bad. What did you want to talk about today? I know we had something going on.
1: <laughs> we were going to talk about feelings are not facts and why it doesn't seem to matter. Did people vote with their feelings? Did they vote with their pocketbook or did they vote with, with evidence? I think they voted with their feelings. I've been
0: struggling with it and I can, I, I did not vote for Trump. I voted for Hillary. I had a hard time voting for Hillary. I did not want to vote for Hillary, but <laughs> I did not want to vote for Trump. I had a really big problem with Trump. I really felt like he was completely and totally inept in the ability to understand how politics really works. I don't think that a business translates to politics at all. Right. And I also didn't think that his business was all that great either. I mean, you know, I thought that he was a person who was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. I think that's the best analogy I've heard because he was you know the silver spoon thing all of it you know if you were given a million dollars as you know as a young entrepreneur i think you'd probably do way better
1: you know it's it's funny in the last election cycle um when it was obama versus mitt romney Mm -hmm. um a lot of people were giving romney grief for the very same thing that he wanted to run the united states like a company.
0: There's a Dunn and Kruger effect. Dunn and Kruger is the, you know, that one, right? The idea that people think they understand, they think they're an expert at something. Sometimes even experts uh, especially fall for the fact that they're an expert and they think they're really good at something when they're really not good at it. I think a lot of people Dunn and Kruger themselves into thinking that they do understand when they watch Fox News and they read all of the things that they want to read and they're reconfirming, confirm, confirm, confirm their bias. It's confirmation bias. They do it and they do it and they do it. And they think that's called research. Ah. And they think they're making an informed decision. That's my biggest no-no: is to confirm my own bias and, and fall for it. And, and it, it's really, really hard. I don't. Oh, know. yeah, it's I, absolutely. I mean, difficult. it's. It, I don't think it's possible on a you know full-blown spectrum way to do that all the time. Um, but when it comes to big decisions, I really make it a point because I don't want to feel like I'm right. You know. Right. I want it to be as accurate as I can possibly make it. And just because I feel like I want. Trump to not be president, that doesn't mean I can't go figure out why he is. Right. And when I go figure out why he is and I go dig that, you know, into that information and I try to figure out why people are that way, I feel I did the same thing there like I did with the Michael Shermer thing, trying to figure out some of the people that I love in this world. Um, believe these things why and i'm doing the same thing now trying to figure out why you know cuz i love these people they they they're great people i don't want to lose them and some people are getting unfriended on facebook big time all over the place because of their right. political beliefs i do not want that i want to understand them more i love people i'm a people person i love people
1: see i think for me the frustrating thing is is that you you try and and understand someone's you know like why they think the way they do and there's no substance to their belief and that's what gets really frustrating because there is nothing to understand. They just believe that way because they do.
0: I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't buy it. I think that people believe the way they do for reasons. And um, I don't think it's just feelings. I mean, feelings are derived from something. You have the feeling of fear when you see a snake at a certain level for certain reasons. Right. And some people have more of a fear of a snake when they see it at a certain level for certain reasons. So I think feelings come from reasons and those are what I'm trying to figure out. So is You're stopping at the feeling and I'm going but what's the reason for the feeling?
1: Maybe it's just that the people that I've talked to don't want to get that far down. I have a friend who is like a massive, massive Hillary supporter. There are some. Yeah. yeah only only person I know that, that was. Mm-hmm. And Constantly extolling the the virtues of of Hillary as a as a presidential candidate.
0: I don't know why she won or lost on the campaign side of things. I just feel like I need to understand why anyone is still so comfortable with Trump at this stage. You know what I mean? I mean his his ratings are terrible.
1: I was gonna say thirty nine percent approval rating is not uh, I don't know
0: if that still is. Feelings are not facts, and why it doesn't matter.
1: The reason why I actually wanted to talk about this is because it's probably the most prevalent thing going on right now, um, and I mean, even more so than, like, politics, which has kind of been the hot-button issue lately. It, it's more than that. It's the way that people are wired. Um, some people are wired to look at facts. Um, like, you are, are very analytical. You, you definitely make a lot of fact-based decisions, you know, versus, you know, other people that I know... Um, that do not I mean, they make their decisions based off of what they feel, yeah, well, and, yeah, and that's I mean, that's incredibly dangerous,
0: it is, and it isn't, I mean, one would argue that if you're making all of your decisions based on well, we're gonna call this facts, I guess, or
1: you a, can change a scientific. It to evidence, i I mean, I'm fine with evidence as opposed to facts, I mean, right.
0: But, well, if you do that, though, my point is that you're, you're paralyzed. You can't make decisions because you cannot process every decision. The, the topic I wanted to talk about when it comes to feelings, not facts, is the Trump travel ban. He, he, he honestly, in a simple way, thinks, oh, if I don't let these people in, then we're good. Um, ignoring the fact that they are people who need help and that they are people who are being, who are running away from ISIS. And I know I'm not supposed to think things as, uh, you know, black and white. Black hat means you're a bad guy and a white hat means you're a good guy. And that's not supposed to think of things as simple as that. But to me, it is one of those things I can boil down as ISIS is bad. I could do that math in my head and feel very comfortable with it and go, hey, for me, as an American, as a patriot here, ISIS is bad. It's really, really bad. And if somebody's running away from ISIS saying, I don't want them, I don't like them, save me, it's strange. It's strange to me. I think it's political moves to make people fear.
1: Right. The travel ban is a a bad solution to a non-existent problem. Mm -hmm. Um, If a terrorist wanted to do this country harm... Not being able to fly here is not going to stop them. They don't even have to get here. All they have to do is a f- influence somebody here. Right. You know, you get on social media, you convince somebody like, hey, you, you know, have really good ideas if you blow up a building. Right. It's a big deal. And no,
0: great. Now that you've said that, we're going to be on some
1: list. That's fine. It, it's doable. That's fine. It, it's, it's doable and it's something that people have done. So, no, the travel ban is not going to help anything except for making people feel safe. We are identifying a religion
0: and we're saying that this particular religion is one that we're not going to let in. And that's so against the American way. I don't understand why the people who are so patriotic, the right wing, the conservatives, aren't saying, time out. What? This is one of the fundamental pillars of our whole constitution, the whole thing is based on the idea that we don't say, hey, we feel this way about this religion, so this is what we're going to do. It drives me crazy. Just need to take a quick break to mention our sponsor, eCampus. Do you have textbooks? Well, sell them. Shipping is free. Uh, Get paid or get an in-store credit for books that you need for the next class that you have. Uh, go to criticalcactus.net forward slash eCampus and sell your books today. Now,
1: back to the show. The thing that that people absolutely refuse to understand is we are not a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. This is not a Christian nation. We weren't supposed to be. There was supposed to be a separation between church and state. And for the longest time, God didn't play a major role in, in our politics. And that's that's changed subtly over the years yeah and now that's you know that's what that's what you hear a lot of the times is like you know this is my good Christian neighborhood I don't want your you know your Mm. Muslims here yeah like that's not a thing no (laughs) you know like even the Pledge of Allegiance didn't used to say under God until like what was it Eisenhower added it and that was only 60 70 years ago
0: I don't believe that we are doomed to repeat history I think that's a fallacy, but. If you look at Iran and you look at how they were up all the way through until mm-hmm. the 70s, but we're talking, you go way back, you go way back. It was uh, progressive. It was a place that had uh, high education, a lot of very old, very influential uh, uh, high education, higher education right. schools. These are uh, a, a culture that, Created some of the math that are the fundamental math that we use today. It's right. part of how we got to space. You know, I mean, they are a thinking people. They've been every every community is everywhere, but when you douse it down with here, let's just go with feelings, and let's just go with these feelings, and you stop critically thinking you stop you know trying to push the envelope of what we know and stop standing on the shoulders of people who have who have uh learned so much and brought so much to bear on on the human knowledge you end up with the iran you have today right. which is a completely different place than the iran that should be the iran that it is today right the i thriving mean thriving yeah it mm-hmm. is not thriving it is not you know providing any more to SpaceX or Tesla or any of the problems of our of our time it's not it's not doing anything to in, to uh, advance the human race anymore it's now a threat to the human race because <laughs> it's a it, you know it's it's an extremist fundamentalist you know very scary place to go because you don't have the human rights that you should have anymore so and, and that's done by saying hey, uh, we we know we weren't supposed to be religious, but now we are. You and say it's scary.
1: you say that you don't feel. Iran's on the list,
0: by the way. It's one of those countries that can't right. come in here.
1: So you say that you don't think that people are doomed to repeat history. But I no, mean, no. is that not literally what's happening here? I mean, when's the last time the United States had a major advancement? I
0: know I'm not. I mean, I'm saying it's it's a scary, scary parallel. When you look at how Iran fell right. from its wonderful grace where it could have been, it could have been the first country to the moon. It could have been right. the one that understood nuclear power or whatever. It didn't. It didn't go that way. And the United States did. And how did the United States do that? The United States did that in a, in a fight between us and a Cold War with Russia after the you know World War II. And we went for education. We right. went for the math we went for the science we went for the math and we went for the science and that was the greatest generation right that was the generation that got us to the moon that's jfk's generation and where are we
1: now you know trying to make america great again we're
0: gonna make it great again and that's what
1: that's what baffles me is like make america great again and the 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 things that we're supposed to be talking we about. we were on our way we were doing fine well but i mean i don't know that america was heading anywhere i mean Maybe we were. Maybe there's things that I don't know, and and I'm well. Obviously, there's a lot of things that I don't know. But well, Bush like, killed stem cells. Right. When Bush
0: killed stem cells, you have paraplegics everywhere going. Well, I guess I got go to France. <laughs> You've got like you know research that just dies. You can't do a lot. You can't cure cancer anymore because the best route forward is off limits. You can't cure because of a religious reason right
1: because these I don't I think not curing cancer is is a if you gotta use stem monetary cells, reason
0: if you gotta use stem cell research to take the next step and you can't use stem cell research because you're stuck with this religious ideal from from somebody's perspective that says hey we, we, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this research anymore because this is against my religion then you can't go forward with all sorts of research including cancer AIDS HIV you well, name it as, as far as MS, like
1: medical discoveries are concerned and you know again this is we
0: we? should be the place where they're coming from but they're not anymore
1: I think Chris Rock said it best is that people don't cure diseases anymore because there's no money in it. yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) um I disagree I think that that is is a very capitalist way of looking at it which Mm. is where we are and we are not the majority in this world not even close we live here we look at the world from our perspective and we think this is the perspective and you're right in a capitalist society which is not the biggest society now we are the biggest dollar right. there's no doubt about that we we took over the economy a long time ago but uh, and we're like hey let's make it a world economy since we are the leaders <laughs> of the economy in the first place let's do that and, and now, we're it's like, wait, the and now China's going how do we fight this if you are looking at the world from f- somebody who lives in France I don't think they're thinking, and there's a lot of research coming out of France, uh, I don't think they're thinking, oh, let's not cure it. I think they are thinking, let's cure it. And Europe in general, I mean, it, it, the UK is huge, Australia's got some wonderful research, there's a, there's a lot of research going on in places that don't say, oh, uh, w- our
1: religious views say we can't do the scientific research.
0: How is that America?
1: What yeah. the hell, what? And you know, this, this reminds me, I had a conversation with a friend uh, recently, she lives in Canada, And she's actually not a huge fan of the United States and hasn't been for some time. And there is a a certain stigma that some countries have against us. And I'm like, how can you hate the United States? I'm like, think of all the things we gave you, like the automobile and flight and the internet. And she's like, yeah, but what have you done lately?
0: I need to take a moment here to mention our sponsor, ESET Antivirus. Uh, I trust ESET. Not only does it keep the system safe, but it's small. There's no bloatware. Um, It will not slow down your business servers, your desktops, your Linux, PCs, Macs, uh, file servers, web servers. Anyway, try it out. Help us out. Uh, Go to criticalcactus.net forward slash ESET and uh, secure your system now. There's a lot of really, really cool things happening in in science that is going away because our new president is saying
1: you don't get that money anymore. The next big thing is probably not going to come free in the United States. And it's going to be a major blow to us economically, and it's going to be a major blow to our ego. But again, you
0: have the finance side of things, you know, and how long do you keep that? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like talking too much about things I don't claim to really pay attention to. Honestly, I don't pay attention to politics. I don't pay attention to it to a, to a degree. I am done inrugering myself all the way through this whole podcast right now because <laughs> I'm just trying to use the Trump travel ban as a way to argue feelings are not facts and why it doesn't seem to matter. To me, I think it matters. I don't think you're supposed to use feelings. And this Trump travel ban to me is one of the best examples of how it is objectively wrong and in every way and uh yet it feels the opposite of that well, and
1: people go with their feelings the best thing about this particular topic was that no matter what we talked about it was topical feelings are not facts. <laughs> <vague. laughs> okay well so let's let's talk about extremes here evidence and facts versus feeling let's say you're hungry Um, factually you know that you need nutrition to survive and you know using evidence you can determine that eating like a healthy salad would be good for you, it would nourish you and it would be low calorie but maybe you're feeling like a burrito yeah so that's okay I mean that's not the end of the world right I mean well depending on your... No for the most part (laughs) for the most part it's not
0: right Right. Right. but you can make up for it in you know a couple days if you make a big mistake
1: right now Let's look at this on other ways. Let's say that you already have some issues. Let's say you've got a gambling addiction. Oh, let's just say. And you can use evidence to say I should not step into a casino and yes. bet all the money that I have on my wallet on red or, you know, throw it all into a into a slot machine
0: mm-hmm. or a pair of aces, yeah.
1: But <laughs> or a pair of aces. Yeah. But you know you've got that feeling like i've got a good feeling oh, yeah, about yeah. this and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna go with your gut and you've got that feeling so you stroll in there you drop all your money and you know you, you probably lose mm-hmm. there's gonna be some major ramifications in that you know assuming that you could not afford to just drop all of the money that you had on you and the and in even more like dangerous situations people say like oh, I've got a good feeling about this as they drive like a thousand miles down the road, an hour, you know, down the road and, you know, mm. crash into a wall. Right. Because they, you know, they weren't using any kind of common sense. They weren't using any of the evidence. You know, they they feel like the rules are put there just to hinder them. And they feel that they know things without any kind of evidence base and then they end up splatting and dead.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that Stems, I I can just go crazy with this whole thing because this is my, this is my, like, thing if if you and i okay so i don't even know where to start (laughs) um read happiness hypothesis and that will get you a long way toward comprehending what's happening with the shortcuts in the brain Mm -hmm. um the there's this concept of the uh, elephant and the rider And you're the frontal lobe. You're the more developed part of the brain. You're the part of the brain that's made for long planning. You're the calendar that the uh, primitive brain basically created to help it uh, get more calories, if you will. And the, the point of the book is that you're the writer and you're the one that's conscious. You're the one that can hear your own thoughts. And there is a primitive brain underneath your frontal lobe that has its own thoughts that you necessarily can't hear. Right. But it is in control. I mean, you can sit on top of an elephant and think you're in control but when it really wants to go eat this thing over here on the left <laughs> you can pull all you want and you are not going to control that elephant. It's going to go do what it wants to do. Right. And that's that's you and I when we walk into QT and see a uh, Snickers bar that we know we shouldn't have but we have. we're just completely out of control. The book Happiness Hypothesis dives deep into that from a scientific perspective. And one of the things that it's making me, the reason why it's making me think of this is because it's saying that we've evolved to have a nice balance between utilizing the frontal lobe to make decisions and not. And if you were to analyze everything, you would you would be paralyzed to make decisions Mm -hmm. that you can't do that. Like, you know, right now I could paralyze my own mouth by thinking of all the different ways I could say this and the different paths I should say, and just basically say nothing. And instead I'm making decisions on the fly and I'm just going for it. Well, evolutionarily speaking, if you're not just, um, Making these shortcuts on a regular basis and making assumptions and making decisions based on those assumptions. For example, you're walking through the woods. You hear the you hear the noise in the in the bush. You take a left because if you were to take a right, you'd go toward the bush. Why did you take that left? Did you think about it a lot? No. Your primitive brain said, "Hey, there's a rustle in the bush over there on the right." Now, some people in the past went to the right. They went towards the bush. Mm -hmm. They were eaten, and we're not the end result of those people because they didn't pass on their DNA. So we are more likely to be the ones to assume that that's that. Now were we right? Were we wrong? Do we make incorrect calculations all the time? Like for example when somebody that appears to be from a different tribe, like a lot of times you get these prejudices of somebody looks different from me, somebody's dressing different than from me, does that still lag on? And do we make those decisions quickly from a primitive brain perspective, just saying, oh, they're different, I must be in a threat situation, I'm going to assume they're bad, I'm gonna assume all these things because they have a turban on or because they're the wrong color or because they have the, the wrong emblem hanging from their neck. We can make real quick assumptions without actually analyzing it and get ourselves in trouble with the decisions we make. Because it's a shortcut.
1: You you jump to a conclusion, and that's that's your primitive brain thinking. But I mean, then you do you not like you personally? Do you not go one step further? I try to. I, right. d- I don't always. No. I mean, I can't. I'm human. There's therein lies the problem. So, like even between you and I, I mean, I consider myself to be a fairly rational person, but I make a lot more feelings based decisions than I I'm maybe proud to admit what is it do you think that that differentiates the two of us and in general I mean there are definitely people that are again more analytical than there are people that are a lot less mm. like what causes that is it geographic is it how they were it raised nature
0: nurture argument I think that question is posed to a whole lot of researchers and with today's uh, political climate I don't know how much we're gonna get over the next four years um, <laughs> regarding the, the answers to some of those questions because a lot of budgets are being pulled big time. But some of those questions um, are genetic questions, and some of them are environmental questions. So you have the nature-nurture argument. There is some interesting studies. Uh, I just was at a uh, uh, speaking or range or engagement this weekend where uh, one of the speakers was talking about genetics and how... They have these mice that uh, there are two types. There are these, uh, we'll call them the licking type. They lick their young, (laughs) all right? And then you have the spas that don't lick their young, and they are a lot more stressed out. They don't live as long. You set them in a new situation, and they kind of jolt, and they they panic. Um, And they're high-strung. They're high, you know, when you test their... uh, their blood, you can find a lot of signs of anxiety hormones still in their blood flowing around. Then you have the ones that are that were licked by their parents that also will lick their young mm-hmm. and they are put in a new situation. And they don't have that response. It's kind of this whole reversal of that first scenario. And they live longer and they're less stressed out. Well you would think that those are just the way they are. They're just genetically that way because right. the offspring are that way. But when you swap the offspring, the stressed out baby mice will later on lick their young too. Hmm. And they won't be as stressed out in that situation. So it's, it's both genetic and environment. It's both nature and nurture in a certain percentage of degree. So would I be able to say that the difference between you and I is nature or nurture or both? I mean, those,
1: those studies need to come out. We need to start ripping those up too. So here's a question that might be dangerous, but do you think that, and I can't believe I'm going to go here, but do you think that like as a, as a general rule, Republicans are more feelings based people?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. Not
1: me personally. So, I mean, what about all the, the current people that, that think that everything that's going on right now in, in the U.S. is good? Do you think those are feelings based people or facts based people?
0: Well, I don't know if I would use that as a way to categorize. I think you've, got, you've given me a, a false dichotomy to choose between one or the other when there's probably something completely different going on. I think that's why I'm not falling for that because I'm picturing something completely different um, than just those two
1: things. What are you picturing?
0: Oh God, um, I'm picturing a system that is motivated by ad revenue okay. and that that system of ad revenue has dis- has figured out a way to tribalize the people here and create two groups that can fight each other and monetize that fight. And I think it's just a divide and
1: uh, profit situation. So I, I think the reason why I posed the question in the first place is because my my overall concern has always been that if people if people are more feelings based, if if they're more inclined to go with like their gut reaction, mm-hmm. um, they're easily swayed by people that are charismatic.
0: See I have the same problem. On both sides of it. You know, like right now, MSNBC is obviously hard leaning left. Um, CNN is more so appearing to lean left. Um, I think they're a little bit more, in my opinion, I think they're a little bit more, um, you know, uh, on the facts than they are leaning one way or another. But um, when a news story comes out and it says CNN breaking news, I'm a little bit skeptical because I know that it's really hard for any human to not do what's called confirmation bias, to confirm their bias. If you have a problem with Trump, you're going to find a problem with Trump. If Mm -hmm. you like Trump, you're going to find everything you like about Trump. If you hear a story that you don't like, it doesn't matter what side of that story you're on. If you don't like the story, you're going to find a way to make it fit your narrative. And these things are all so subjective, and there's no definitive, objective, correct answer to... Um, to some of these questions, that you can you can have something come out of the news. I forget what it was just recently. It was uh, Trump Jr. did uh, collude with the Russians and found out that uh, they were trying to help the Trump campaign.
1: Oh, you're talking about the, the tweet? Yes, yeah, okay, something
0: yeah. just came out for that. I I briefly heard about it. I can't sit here and do a podcast about it, but I I wanted to know because I heard oh it was CNN. Well, I immediately when I heard it was CNN thought well you know I think they have a bias not in a not in a you know a way that I am against, but a bias nonetheless. And so if they heard that they're going to spin it and not necessarily lie, but spin it to say hey this means this 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 and this and la da blah. blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you listen to the lawyers take on it, and they're spinning it completely the other way, saying, oh, well, this, this, and this. So, I don't so Somewhere g- in the middle is maybe
1: the truth, I don't know, but I, I don't know, I just... I, <sighs> I don't want to go on a CNN bashing spree, but... Yeah. It, no, it is go funny for it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, um, I actually watch a lot of CNN, um, and it always makes me kind of cringe a little every time I see them pop up the most trusted name in news. Uh, that's like their slogan. And recently, I'd read an article uh, talking about how the owner of CNN and I, I can't remember his name, but basically they were trying to push more towards like sensationalist pieces because the news is an entertainment business, and mm. I think a lot of people don't realize that. And yeah, that's why I was saying before
0: is just basically
1: divide and profit. I I think one of the greatest things that we could do, and I don't know that it's even possible, would be to generate an unbiased news source. You do have the
0: Associated Press providing facts. Right. Right? Okay. So in this particular case, once I heard it was CNN, I was like, I'm not interested. But I didn't think it was CNN. I really remembered it being somebody else. And then I went and looked it up and I found out, oh, it was the New York Times that broke it. I'm too naive to know. Whether the New York Times, you know, has a lean left or right, I'm pretty sure it's left. But <laughs> I, I don't watch the New York Times. Right? right, you just read the New York Times. They don't have their own, you know, channel or whatever. Right. But um, once I found out it was New York Times, for some reason I had a little bit more legitimacy. And it, it, I just quickly looked it up, and it was the Trump Jr. was told in an email um, of Russian effort to aid their campaign. So okay, he knew that Russia was trying to aid the Trump campaign. Well, if you have all these you know all these confirmation bias that you think that uh, you know Trump really knew about Russia and that they really did want to help him and, and that he knew about it and they hacked for him and that maybe he even knew they hacked for him, and you could just go down and down and down that rabbit hole, I'm always very concerned about going down the rabbit hole that I like, just as much as I'm concerned about other people going down rabbit holes that they like. So when you said, you know, you're more feelings-based and mm. I'm more, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not know i am not fact based I know that. Evidence. I try to use the evidence and I try to use a process. And the process is to be sure that I'm e- removing as much as I can my own confirmation bias, realizing that I have it and saying, what's the facts? You know, if somebody says to you that this water can be electrically stimulated so to subtract its hydrogen from its oxygen and then it could be reburned for fuel and you no longer need fossil fuels. You don't have to go to war in other countries and you can have this clean, no carbon based output and you can have this wonderful water-based uh, fuel. Mm-hmm. You can go with your feeling and go, that sounds great. I'm going to invest in that. And somebody says, that's exactly what we want you to do. You know, we're almost there. We're really close to this. In five more years, we'll have this and you'll go ahead and invest your money. Um, that's great. But if you use the, pr- you know, the, the right process of analyzing the information and not going with your feelings, you'll go, wait, how much energy did you put in to break that water up again? Right. And, oh, that cost more than it did. To, you know, it cost more energy than you're going to get out of it because of, you know, thermodynamics and, you know, those rules that you got to abide by. Um, then you're not going to invest. But there's two different types of people, the people that just want it to be true and will invest in it and the people that don't. Today's episode is brought to you by one-on-one web hosting. With managed cloud hosting options, you can run your company, your website, your blog, or a fully hosted stack of servers, including Linux and Windows. We love WordPress here at Critical Cactus. Uh, the WordPress community around one and one is a deep well of knowledge that can keep your site new and relevant for years to come. What we need you to do is go to uh, criticalcactus.net forward slash one in one Go there, set up your site make your new ideas come true uh, find ways to change the world we know you have those ideas don't get bogged down in all the weeds let them do what they do and you do what you do thank you so much for your help with that
1: does it really take both kinds of people to make the world go around like if a, I think so would a world based on evidence based people not work
0: I I think that there is a very important role to play for people to have pie in the sky ideas and to run with it Mm -hmm. and then to have evidence based people guide that pie (laughs) in the sky to say, wait, you know, that frequency 60 hertz is not really helping your elbow, you know, heal. Um, these these new stickers coming out of Goop are driving me crazy. You Sti- haven't seen the new stickers? No. Stickers coming out of Goop? Let's see. Goop stickers. Oh, they're killing me. Wearable stickers that promote healthy question mark. Really? Oh, I'm sorry exclamation point. Really? Yeah, you name the sticker. They've got the sticker. They have a sticker for anything you could ever want. These are frequencies in your body that can be rebalanced to get your energy right and you wear them and then you're going to absorb more nutrients in your food and you're going to not have depression anymore. You can just stop taking all of your medicines now because, boy, do we have stickers. How does anybody believe that? A lot of people believe that. A lot of people, they want to believe it. You cannot forget the power of confirmation bias. It's everywhere. It's rampant. and this is Gwyneth Paltrow that's the you know the reason why I'm like oh god and I loved the new Spider-Man but get her off the screen and she was only on there for a split second so I'm super
1: happy I actually like Gwyneth Paltrow as an actress I don't particularly care what she does she's a great
0: actress but she is she is really hurting people
1: well it's just like I like Tom Cruise and I think Scientology is you know nonsense
0: yeah I know I try to separate the two but with for some reason the, the Tom Cruise thing I was never a huge fan of Tom Cruise in the first place great show movies are fine and everything but I don't go see a movie because I'm like oh he made it legitimate oh I'm gonna watch it because of that I mean the mummy proves that that's not the case what a what a I mean I haven't even seen it but I mm. the reviews are terrible for that movie did you see that movie I did see it did you see it just because it was him no absolutely not okay alright well then you're allowed to come back <laughs> no, i <I'm just> <laughs> But yeah, so until a day or two ago, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop website, a lifestyle business that sells all things Gwyneth, advertised these stickers as using NASA spacesuit material, which presumably was the source of their magic healing powers. And then Gizmo called NASA and said, do you have this such thing? And NASA's like, no, we have no such thing. So uh, then they had to like rebut it, but they rebutted it with, yeah, no, it's not really from NASA and it really doesn't have carbon because, you know, NASA suits don't have carbon, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it still works. I think It's like, what?
1: I think what you just read there is actually what, what bothers me the most about people that, that sell these things mm-hmm. is they use, you know, these unsubstantiated claims and then no one bothers to like confirm that
0: yeah no they have a science and technology page um, for these stickers mm. and there isn't a single study that's being referenced <laughs> in that so, you know it's not science and it's not technology it's, well, it's, none just, of those things. it's just like when to you see quote, those uh, yeah a couple of really good
1: it's like when you see all those supplemental pills on on the TV or online and then look down at the bottom in very small print they say not endorsed by the FDA
0: yeah yeah, well, I mean, supplements altogether. Oh, uh, it was Cara Santa Maria that I was uh, referencing there. She's the one that said they don't have science or technology on this page. <laughs> um, yeah, the the thing about vitamins is that um, as long as they say, "Hey, you're a sucker if you buy this," then you can go ahead and buy it. And that's what they do. They say on the bottom, "This is not for." If it's a supplement, there there will be text on the bottom that says, "Although we just said that you're going to get uh, a cure for your, you know." these guys they have a sticker for prostate cancer they have a sticker for increased energy they have a sticker for getting your homework done better i mean they have a sticker you name the problem you have they'll have a sticker for it and then they just have to say on the bottom is you know it's not really going to do that <laughs> and you can buy it and they do and people do and, that's, and that's dangerous yeah yeah, this is a big reason why I'm doing this podcast, because, yeah, if you're not critically thinking, then you're in danger. This, There are times in human history where frauds are greater than other times in human history. Right. And if there is inconsistent financial stability, and if there is new technology... Those two things combine. If you, you'll get new frauds that come out for one, and you'll get a couple new com- ones come out for the other. But when they both happen at the same time, if you're if you're seeing that happen in society anywhere, you go back to you know a time in France, you go back into a time in England, you go back to a time in Germany. It doesn't matter when you go back and you find that there was some instability in their financial, or there was a new technology, electricity is invented, um, you know whatever. You're gonna find a whole lot of new fraud coming out and this is the time we live in now the oh, yeah. internet with you know I mean social media people just using these things like 25 percent of the planet is on
1: Facebook these are these are scary times for that particular formula to come to be so a good question is and I know you're not gonna have an answer but how do you get people to critically think Yeah. Because I'll tell you, I have quite a few friends that are very much head-in-the-sand kind of people. Yeah. They make up their mind on something, and no amount of evidence or facts or or bullying will get them to change their mind. Mm -hmm. No, and a lot of times you have the reverse effect
0: called the backfire effect, I believe. They dig their heels in and they fight you.
1: Now, here's here's something, though. I I consider myself to be fairly charismatic, and, and I can be fairly convincing when I want to be. Yeah. And... I have been able to change my friends minds on things that they were adamant about not by using evidence but by using their own feelings against them mm-hmm. is that a good thing or is that a bad thing do like you feel manipulative you mean well yeah I mean I do I know I'm manipulating them but I, I feel like I'm manipulating them for the greater good hmm but, I mean, is that good? Because I didn't really like lead a horse to water. I basically drowned that horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, i I'd say that it
0: it's good if you're using a, a solid uh, method to make those conclusions on your own, and, you know, you feel as if it's healthy for them. I don't think that you can do what you're thinking in your manipulative thoughts. I don't think that you are able to drown them. I think what you're doing is, the method that I think the skeptical community has concluded is the best way to go is to um, give the person a few seed thoughts and mm-hmm. leave it le- leave it to grow and not do anything more than that. Just say, have you thought of this? You know, if the uh, Grand Canyon was really carved out two thousand years ago, what about these layers here? Mm-hmm. And 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 they would argue, oh, the world is you know was created as if it had been lived. So said whatever book <laughs> in the Bible. Um, I just don't know if it's Matthew 3.14 or whatever it is. But if that argument doesn't do anything and the seed doesn't do anything and it's completely dismissed and it's never planted, maybe there's a way to say, hey, you know, these uh, fossils that are found aren't looked at just by, you know, archaeologists, but they're also looked at by, you know, chemists, and they're also looked at by, you know, environmental people, they're looking at the rings of the trees and they're looking at, you know, all these other different angles at the same problem and all these different disciplines are all concluding the same thing. Can you can you you know, and and maybe you find a few facts about that and you throw those in there. Mm -hmm. And then again it's just a seed. That's you know been given a little bit of fertilizer there, and and you walk away and you let it grow, and if it's true and it makes sense and it's something that they are willing to listen to, maybe it grows and maybe they they you know they go to water like you said.
1: So using your analogy there with the whole Earth's only two thousand seventeen years old.
0: Yeah, I think it's six thousand years because two thousand seventeen years ago was Jesus, and before that, okay, it was, so yeah, six thousand. Yeah. It's yeah. only six thousand years old. I think.
1: yeah. Okay, so assuming somebody believes that and you yep. and you you present all these facts to them mm-hmm. i mean what or you know all this evidence to them all you're really doing is giving them more of what they've already heard how is that supposed to change their mind well i don't know if they've already heard it a lot of times they
0: they do like you did with me earlier you said is this or this you right. know you gave me an a or b situation and it's like oh, i'm forced to choose one of these two and it's a false dichotomy or a false choice. If I if I know that I'm I'm giving them information and saying, look, this doesn't mean your book is wrong. There are a lot of other places in your book that you're already admitting are wrong, that you're not following, that you're okay with having be your, your preacher's not teaching this stuff. It's long forgotten. There's a lot of passages in the Bible that um, both New and Old Testament that if if you were to highlight every word that's read, then some of these words will have no highlights on them because these words are just not read anymore. I think nobody's teaching these these particular books or these particular chapters or these particular paragraphs. And so if those are okay to be dismissed, then maybe the part about homosexuals being bad is okay to be dismissed. Maybe, you know, these other things over here can be thought of as this way or that way. It's not to say that you have to take it literally, but you can you can take the book and look at, s- you know, sort of semi-literally or, you know, partially literally or include this or include that without demolishing their entire worldview in one small <laughs> seed, you know?
1: So I guess my question is, is like, imagine that you do present all this information and they're like, nah, I don't believe you anyway. Mm-hmm. Now you go to that same person and I'm not saying this is gonna work, but we're just we're talking hypothetical, and you say, Hey, did you know that the Pope said that the earth is actually like a hundred billion years old? Yeah. And they're like, Oh well, now I can believe it. Is that I okay? Don't, <laughs> yeah, it's totally
0: okay if you're not lying I mean if the Pope really did say that it, then <laughs> I think that's valuable for them to know more information about what it is that's that's making up their decision so the ends justify the means
1: it doesn't matter how they how they got to that conclusion
0: I didn't say the ends justifies the means your means was just truth
1: okay what if the Pope didn't say that but I told them that anyway and they didn't I bother to fact check me
0: <laughs> I don't like that idea I don't think that's
1: ethical <laughs> personally okay <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think we did. I think we talked about this, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not ethical. I don't remember. No, that. you're ethical. Oh, you, that's right. I am. Ethical. Yes,
0: you. I'm ethical. <laughs> you have a huge pillar in your, uh, you know, self worth <laughs> that that is holding up your own value, and that pillar is called ethics. So I think you're very
1: ethical. Yeah, go team ethics.
0: Yeah, but I I wouldn't say that lying to them would would even be necessary. But I'm also not trying to convince other people.
1: You know, I mean aren't you though? No. Not in this particular case, but I. isn't that like your daily driver? To convince? Yeah.
0: No. Um, my, honestly, my daily driver, I need to be stimulated so I like stimulating conversations. Mm. You know, I mean, I can fall for the trap of stimulating myself through Candy Crush and getting that <laughs> dopamine fix that's, you know, small, right. shallow, but useful as far as a dopamine fix. Um, but I have found that I am left wanting and when I dig through the list of stickers and items that Gwyneth Paltrow is trying to trick people with (laughs) I don't find that to be uh, left wanting I dig through it and dig through it and dig through it and go wow I cannot believe this
1: if you have a conversation with somebody that has a belief-based system and not a evidence-based system Mm -hmm. do you find it hard to hold a conversation with them I guess so yeah like do you just kind of check out and do you ever do you ever try to see their point of view I
0: do I try to see their point of view I spent a lot of my time I mean my 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 uh, journey to this critical thinking path that I'm on um, was started with Michael Shermer who I went to as books that I could say why you know his big you know claim to fame book that people probably know is why do people think weird things he is Wow, an amazing, an amazing guy. Uh, yeah, why people believe weird things. So the and uh, the believing brain is huge. The moral arc, I haven't really read that one. Uh, the science of good and evil is a great one. I went down this path with a lot of his books because I was, I am very
1: curious as to why people think the way they do. Something that we bring up a lot in this podcast, maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally, is religion. Mm-hmm. And I wonder. Maybe because of the circles that I travel in, is religion still an important thing to people? Mm-hmm, very much so. And is it? I mean, I very much so. Yes. Again, I can't speak for the More world here so in the United States. Is it really that important? Yeah. I mean, aren't church attendances down like everywhere?
0: Um, I think that was the case for a while, but I think church attendance is back up again.
1: Is that because we're in a in a bind? <laughs> Is that because things are taking a downturn and people need to turn to somebody to to look for help or to blame? I don't know why. That's an interesting thought. Um. I you know the reason why I ask is because I was raised, I was raised Catholic and we you know we considered ourselves to be pretty pretty good Christians, I guess, mm-hmm. but. Even as a kid, I always felt like I was an armchair Catholic. You know, I only went to church on Sunday. I certainly didn't go three days a week like some of the other more devout people I know. Mm-hmm. And um, as right, I grew, like ol- I did, yeah. yeah. And as I grew older, that that you know, going every Sunday turned to going every Christmas and Easter. And then as mm-hmm. I got older, yeah, yeah, yeah. it went to nothing. And like my whole family still considers themselves to be you know Catholic, but none of us like go to church. None of us follow most of the tenets of our faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in olden times we'd probably all be excommunicated. I still consider myself Catholic and I've, it's never really defined me and it's never really been all that important. And other people's religions have never been all that important to me either
0: it's super important to me and I, I don't know I mean if this is one of those worldview questions from my perspective the people that I, I guess it's uh, again confirmation bias I have this idea that people are thinking about it a lot and mm-hmm. maybe they're not and I know a lot of people who are very very religious who are atheists uh, when it comes to Zeus I mean, they do not believe Zeus right. is a real god and they are atheists to all religions but their own Right, and that that's okay and that they don't think about those other religions so I'm kind of like that I don't
1: even think about my own religion.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I th- I probably think about your religion more than you do. I
1: well, you know, the funny thing is, is I'm pretty sure I do. I I know a few atheists like that believe in like no god, and they are actually probably more obsessed with my religion than I am. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really weird to me. Like I'm so comfortable with with not caring. It's just super not important to me. Like I have my own like belief. You know, when I was a kid, one of the things that my grandparents and my parents told me is you never discuss church and politics oh, okay yeah. and that's kind of the 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 driving factor behind my beliefs like I have a personal set of beliefs that may not even like work with you know my my chosen religion but I'm never gonna discuss them with anyone so it doesn't really matter hmm. and I I don't understand why people can't just be that way like why do they always want to force something down your throat <laughs>
0: Well, there's a lot of tenets in a lot of religions that say that they have a responsibility once they meet someone to identify whether or not they can be um, brought into the church or not. Like, some people's religions specifically say if if someone is not your religion or if they haven't um, done X, Y, or Z, you know, in your religion that's required, that you are at risk of not making it into heaven. Mm. And therein lies the evangelical part of a religion. So if somebody gets, I mean, there are religions that are evangelical that have sects that aren't. So if you're in a sect that is not uh, evangelical, then great. But there are a lot of religions that have these individual sects that somebody could pick up on and go, oh, uh, I have to be evangelical. They don't even to say the word. They just say, hey, you know, I have this responsibility. If I don't talk to this person about Jesus, then... Then I am at risk of not making it to heaven, so that's bad.
1: That needs to go away.
0: Well, (laughs) that's how. That's how. I mean, uh, yeah. If you have to create a formula for let's be sure that, I mean, think about it. If that's true,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you're gonna do it, right? Right, and you go by based on. any evidence at all then your evidence is going to be well well, what's in the book well the book says this and if you have feelings as well then you go oh well what do I feel like well I feel like this is right because this is what I'm doing it's a formula for spreading and that's what it's for
1: religion is not an evidence-based thing it is definitely a feelings base Uh,
0: see if you go based on argument from antiquity religion can be perceived as an evidence-based decision because they look and say, hey, this book is, you know, 2,000 years old, and, mm, do you know, how could this, who that has been passed by, I mean, passed down generation after generation, uh, how, how could all these humans
1: have been wrong? So, I think everybody knows and accepts that humans are fallible, I mean, no matter how religious you are so why can't why is it impossible to believe that the book that you've placed your faith in has been muddled by human hands mm, I, don't and I mean know, no. it's obviously been muddled by human hands I mean the the current version unless
0: you're doing like mental gymnastics to try to not believe that then you have to know the history of your book is it was put together by people
1: right and I mean you know the the Bible that I have Is The New King James Version and you know even just the smallest amount of research will show you that the New King James Version is a heavily edited book that was edited by King James to you know put forth what he believed Mm. so what got left behind like what important things got chopped out to meet his agenda and why if you want to believe in a book have you not bothered to go back and find an uncorrupted version the human race needs a, a
0: an enemy mm-hmm. so that we can all join together and fight that enemy. I thought I said that. Okay. You said that. I think that if you go down this thought process as a leader like King James, mm-hmm. and you look at what the people are doing and what the people need, and you see all the struggles that people are going through for no reason whatsoever... And you put this idea in their minds that says hey we're all together under God and that there's this enemy called the devil and that the devil is trying to make you do bad things and when bad things are happening we have to fight that so let's all be good and let's all follow these rules I think the best intentions are there Mm -hmm. absolutely they're there but as you go down that path and you start to see all of the ramifications of that psychology and sociology and the long-term impacts and the, now we have a lot more people on the planet and it's not just the people in your you know close to your close to your castle and it's not just those that are Uh, literate either is a whole bunch of all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of people that are literate it's not just a whole bunch of you know farmers who've never heard of reading and it's not just a few of the cardinals who are saying hey I'm going to spread this message and I'm the one that's supposed to be spreading the message because I'm the one that's approved to do it if it starts to get out of control it reminds me a lot of the internet where all of a sudden you have this base where it used to be a scientific paper was done by a scientist and now Joe Schmo in his basement can put together something and post it up on Wikipedia and bam this is what everybody reads it it changes as time goes by and as things evolve and you might have had the best intentions in the first place you might have thought to yourself as King James hey let's let's give everybody this uh, one single enemy let's put us all in the same tribe let's put all these rules in place let's make sure everybody's good all the best intentions are in mind, that's great. It's a bit like that lie that you said. The Pope says that, you right. know, maybe the you know it's a little manipulative, but you just brought them to water. That's a bit of the reason why I had problems with your method because the ethics of it might, you know, might backfire
1: on you. Ramifications further down the line. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing played on people's feelings. It did not play on, on any evidence. Oh, the Bible? Yeah, I mean... There's no physical manifestation of the devil. There never has been that's walked the earth that we've seen. I mean, well, there was allegedly a snick
0: You can go back and forth with so many different versions and so many different iterations. And even in the same version, there's contradictions. I don't have any trouble with the concept and the idea of it, right? The idea is sound. I wish that I could be like, yeah, I'm on board mm-hmm. because maybe if everybody was on board and everybody actually played it a big it's just psychology it's human psychology we're fallible we're trying to make it we've got shortcuts there's evolution of millions of years of us getting to where we are today and uh it's it's really hard to fight it so feelings are a big big part of it and i think feelings win feelings win feelings always win your your memory for a feeling is actually pretty strong i mean you might have an argument with somebody and have fine detailed points and go through this whole thing and then three days later you're trying to think back at it and all you can think of is anger (laughs) that makes sense right because that
1: was the overwhelming feeling in that particular topic
0: thanks nasa
1: artificial limbs yeah i gotta say as far as artificial limbs are concerned yeah they're getting pretty impressive they are it's starting to look kind of appealing to just chop off an arm or something so you can get like a biofilm. oh my god
0: did you see the guy who he's a mountain climber who climbs on ice mountains and everything and he got stuck in the snow they got lost and you know frostbite he lost some limbs now he is an mit uh one of the best uh limb guys in the world Mm -hmm. and he comes up with these i mean for himself he came up with like seven foot long limbs so he could climb again and like have huge advantages over anybody else yeah wow and he can he can do some amazing things but he is not not somebody you would call it does
1: it does make me actually wonder like is that the way we're moving like are we eventually going to start replacing parts of ourselves with bionics
0: i i don't think anybody would trade a leg for a bionic leg for a
1: better leg are you sure yeah. like imagine not
0: until the nerves can be you know sim- simulated a little bit and they don't have a good
1: s- I, I imagine that you could chop off your feet and replace them with feet that look like your feet but also have like rocket propulsion <laughs> you could store all the fuel in your leg well i mean no your your body would generate the the energy and it would oh. just store it as a battery nice yeah. Oh, I you're like not, it. You're not thinking big enough.
0: I'm not thinking big enough. <laughs> artificial limbs, thanks, NASA. Thanks, yeah. NASA.
1: Thank you, NASA, for artificial limbs. And whatever uh, ventricular-assisted devices.
0: Oh, yeah, the Micromed Technology Inc. resulted in a life-saving heart pump for patients awaiting heart transplants. I did want to thank all of the listeners. Thank you guys so much. We are uh, almost into the thousand listeners, so we really appreciate that. And we're going to try to uh, continue to release something every couple weeks at least. Um, It does look like people are hungry for it when we put it out there. It gets uh, consumed pretty quickly, so... We're super excited about that, and tell your friends, and we really appreciate it. And please give us feedback. podcast at gmail.com So that leads me to, hey, if you want to help us on our Patreon account, that would be great, too. You can find us on Patreon.com slash CriticalCactus. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good one. See you next time. So long.